Welcome to the Z Connection podcast. My name is Trinity Brooks and I am your guest host for today. I am a third year student at Maryville University, currently pursuing a bachelor's degree in early childhood and elementary education and minoring in communications. On campus, I serve as an ambassador for Mocha Tea Spilling the Tea. I'm the community engagement chair for the Association of Black Collegians. I'm a residential assistant and I am also the student coordinator in the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. So we are so excited that you were able to join us for the launch of this podcast. This podcast, The Z Connection, is an opportunity to provide you with a platform for Gen Zers and beyond in order to gain thoughtful insight and wisdom on some topics that are happening in our world today and just how they intertwine with God. Some topics might be thought-provoking and they might be sometimes controversial, but that's okay. Each week, we will feature a youth guest host and ask our resident expert, Dr. F. James Clark, pastor and founder of Shalom Church City of Peace, a series of questions as it relates to our generation. Now, let's get started. Hi, Pastor Clark. Yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good, Trinity. Good to be a part of the podcast on, uh, on today. I'm so impressed with you. Uh, what a <laughs> uh, uh, what a journey you're on. Uh, my goodness. Thank you, thank you. Well, let's go ahead and get into our first question. We appreciate having you today. Um, we know you're busy and we know you have things to do, so we just appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to Gen Z. So um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today, and how long you've been on this career path and just kind of walk us through your life. Yeah, uh, uh, certainly. First, let me say one of the most difficult things uh, for me uh, as a person is to talk about myself. Uh, I, I think it's been important for me while I'm on this journey to keep my head down and keep uh, pressing uh, moving forward uh, and then give myself some kind of evaluation or at least uh, uh, appear to be comfortable with talking about myself when I'm when I'm finished on my on my journey however I think it's important for me Trinity to to uh, say something in regards to my journey or my story because I, I would I would want all of the uh, uh, persons who are part of Generation Z to understand how important uh, stories are in the formation of uh, of their of their being. And so I'm I'm the fourth of seven children. Uh, I'm right there in in the middle. Uh, I, I have uh, four sisters and I had two brothers. Uh, I, uh, I'm a native of St. Louis, a graduate of Sumner High School, graduate of Bishop College, graduate of Eaton Theological Seminary twice with my master's and my doctorate uh, there. Uh, I have uh, uh, given leadership to three different congregations. Uh, my first being in Alton, Illinois, at the Tabernacle Church. Uh, from there, the Morning Star Church in the city of St. Louis. 
and I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, be the organizing pastor of the Shalom Church City of Peace. Uh, so that in a nutshell, that, 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 that if I started to do all of the filler, uh, then we would be here for a while. But I started, I started or I announced my call to ministry in 1975. I was 16 years old. Oh. And uh, uh, I, I, I confess on the day years later that I did not know what I was doing, but there was this, <laughs> this urgency in me that moved me to, uh, to announce my call. And, and the church, uh, the West Side Church that I grew up in, uh, uh, took my calling seriously. Uh, but, I, but I might add, uh, being that young is and announcing your calling to ministry and having people really not to understand that it was a calling to become, not uh, a calling as if you had arrived. And, and so with, with, with all of that, being that young, uh, it was like my trying to wear a suit that was too big for me. And, and then uh, uh, having hoped that people would understand that I would grow into what I was called to do and that I was not necessarily that at the time of my calling. And so I, I guess I would uh, uh, really want to pass on to uh, younger people who are listening that the pressures involved with announcing that publicly brings uh, so much uh, pressure because people really operate in the space of immaturity uh, without giving you the benefits of uh, maturation. Uh, I, I don't offer that as a complaint. It's just an observation as I look back on all of that. So when, when I sit here and talk to you about this, about myself, about my journey, Trinity, I must have made the right decision uh, since I'm still uh, in this vocation. Uh, so, yeah, that that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I... I believe you did make the right decision, and I'm just humbled to be one of the many people that attend uh, Shalom Church City of Peace. So thank you for listening to your calling at 16 years old. Um, so I know that some of our listeners might not be familiar with Shalom Church City of Peace that was established in 1993, and we serve more than 5,000 people today here in North County um, in St. Louis. And I... I know you kind of talked about how um, you've faced some challenges and can you just explain to us kind of what kind of challenges you face coming towards being the pastor and the founder of this church and how you stayed encouraged and what kept you motivated from day to day? Yeah, uh, uh, that's a great question, Trinity. Uh, so I, I think I was 33 when Shalom was organized without a clue of what direction I was going to take. In, in fact, I, I, I was convinced that people really thought I knew where I was going. And to be honest with you, I did not. So 
So I, uh, I really had to depend upon the Lord ordering my steps. That was one of those periods where uh, my, my prayer life really turned into my prayer life, that I had to seek uh, the face of God, his direction daily. Uh, we, we were in the hotel uh, which means that others had to help me to organize hotel space. Uh, we were in the gymnasium, and so all of that had to be organized as well. Uh, and then we finally uh, were able to purchase a location in the Berkeley community. We later built the facility that's on Lindbergh. Uh, how, however, it was really step by step. And I take no credit for what God has done. It has been uh, all of God's doing. Basically, I just showed up. I showed up for yeah. uh, for yeah. the uh, for the fight, and then I allowed Him to uh, lead and guide me. And and so we are who we are today, not because of me, but because of uh, my humble submission to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed to say that uh, uh, if I'm talking to the generation uh, that's above me or generations that are beneath me, that it is it is to his glory and honor uh, that uh, we are who we are today. Definitely, that, that that's powerful and it's, it's so profound and I just love how you put it all together. It just is wonderful to hear coming from you. I guess um, a question that I personally want to ask is, what what would you tell people who are um, pursuing a dream or seeking a dream, and they, you know, they just they don't know what to do. These people um, may believe in God, they may not believe in God, and they're just trying to navigate how to fulfill their dream. What what advice would you kind of give to them? Yeah, that that uh, here, here again, that's a. Uh, that is uh, such a worthwhile question. Um, my, my, I guess my advice would be that if you, if you can see it, then you can be it. But you have to believe. You have to believe in your in yourself. Uh, that yeah. your that the confidence that you would have in yourself would would well surpass. Uh, any kind of motivational anything that you're looking for for somebody else to say to you. If you believe in yourself and you surround yourself with people who are achievers, uh, people who have faced adversity and have become, uh, have overcome it, then there's no doubt in my mind that you'll, you'll arrive at uh, what it is that you've been looking at at a distance. Uh, 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 in your life, and and if you've been looking at it at a distance, Trinity, the only way to get to it is to start moving towards it. That you you oh, you yes. can't you can't you can't dream it and then not wake up. You 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 got to wake up and move toward uh, the the possibilities of your of your own reality. Uh, so yes, yeah, that is. Uh, that is my advice to, to uh, uh, those persons that are listening. And I've met so many 
gifted young people. Oh my God, just absolutely gifted. And I'm encouraged by that because I, I know that uh, the, the world is going to be a much better place because of Generation Z. <laughs> we appreciate you saying that, the whole Gen Z. I can speak on behalf of the whole Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. Um, saying yeah. that we do appreciate. You know, the people that came before us actually believing in us. And um, it does, it, it is true that we do have to believe in ourselves in order to uh, achieve what we would like to achieve. So thank you for that sound advice. So uh, just kind of to divert the conversation a little bit, um, why do you believe that it's important to have these spiritual conversations with Gen Z? Um, to, to, uh, to have these spiritual conversations uh, really aids to help uh, uh, persons, regardless of what generation, it helps to establish and maintain one's focus on God. Uh, it, it, it helps to have these conversations that would move you to a, a deeper level and a deeper appreciation to the manner in which God is important in, in your life. In fact, uh, uh, that it's, it's kind of hard not to have spiritual conversations when, when God is the main thing. That when he, when he becomes the reason for uh, our being and we know it, then it, it, it's automatic then to move in the direction of wanting to learn more, to talk more about him, uh, to uh, really have a firm footing in your faith. Uh, and, 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 and without those conversations, Trinity, uh, there'll be some things that will be uh, uh, lacking along the way. As you well know, the, the church is a fellowship of other uh, believers. We may not have anything else in common in the church until it comes to the person of Jesus Christ. And it is in our knowing him that we seek to be in fellowship with each other. And we start to have conversations of encouragement uh, about whatever path that we, uh, that we are on. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely did. And I think it kind of goes back to that question of, um, you know, surrounding yourself with um, achievers and I think in the same regard surrounding yourself with um, other believers so you yourself can be strengthening your faith and your foundation um, in Christ. So I think everything that you're saying is linking together perfectly so I appreciate you uh, sharing your wisdom on that question and I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you just said. Um, so, so, so on to the so next Trinity, question. Trinity, oh, can I just add for our listeners, maybe it, it would be helpful if I could direct them to read uh, Acts chapter 8. Uh, that's in the New Testament, uh, starting at verse 26 and following Acts chapter 8, 26 to 40. That's the conversation that, that uh, Philip has with the Ethiopian eunuch, and it centers in what we're talking about right now that the Ethiopian eunuch is reading scripture 
but he can't interpret it. And so he needs to be in conversation with somebody that can rightly interpret what he was reading. And the rightful interpreter of the text he was reading was Philip. And they went on to have this great conversation about spiritual matters. And so I, I really invite everybody to kind of read that and then read it over to make sure that uh, what I've just said is correct. I don't want anybody to take my word for it. Go and investigate the text for yourself. Operate, operate, and now I'm going off now. Operate in a space <laughs> of suspicion. I don't care who it is that's doing the talking. You always operate in a space of suspicion until you investigate it for yourself. And there is nothing like knowing it for yourself. And if we were in church, I'd say amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. You have to say to show yourself approved. I know my mother and grandmother definitely taught me to hide the word in my heart. So yeah, yeah. you definitely got to know it for yourself. Yeah, so yes, yes yeah. sir. <laughs> All right. So kind of um, bringing the, the topic of conversation to a more present pressure that is pressuring teens and young adults in our world today. So I know personally I'm in college and um, there's a lot of pressure that happens, a lot of peer pressure, smoking, drinking, things on social media, just everything is out there. It's, it's in the open. It's like, here it is. It's presenting itself. And I, I guess the question is, what tips would you give for youth to maintain balance and not fall into that peer pressure that is just so readily presenting itself? Great question. Great question, uh, Trinity. Um, so I think bullying comes from people we don't know. Peer pressure comes from those that we do know. In fact, peer pressure may come from those who are part of our immediate context, those persons that we uh, call friends. They are in our cluster. And peer pressure may come from the person that is most popular that's in our immediate cluster to try to move you to a place of doing something that is strictly out of your comfort zone. And so there are several things that I would perhaps lift and I hope will help give balance to to uh, uh, those persons that will face that kind of situation. I think, first of all, you got to think ahead. Uh, that you, you have to imagine uh, being in a situation that's uncomfortable and how you would respond to it. I don't think you give yourself enough time to be in the situation and then have to respond to it. I think the first thing that you have to do is think ahead uh, uh, so that you can uh, uh, have your answer uh, right before you as whatever the pressure is starts to unfold. Uh, uh, I, then the second thing I would uh, really consider is that you have to have a set of real friends, not acquaintances. You have to have a set of real friends who share the same value system. Uh, 
And if you if you find yourself located around real friends that share the same value system, then much of the pressures that you mentioned, be it social media or being in parties, drinking, that kind of thing, uh, you, you'll find alternatives uh, where where the places that you choose to go will en- will enhance you spiritually and intellectually and things of that nature. Uh, the third thing, Trinity, I I I would uh, be firm in my convictions that if somebody insists on me being out of character they would have to understand that my no means no. And there's no conversation after that. And then if they cannot respect that, then either I would have to find some new space or they would have to find some new space. Uh, Whoever finds it, there will be space. Uh, uh, And so I think that 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 is so important to remain firm uh, on your uh, convictions, and the last thing I would say is that you you can't you can't have a a an issue of esteem that your your esteem has to be healthy, and w- one way to have a healthy self esteem that it has to be reinforced with people who believe in you, people who have been nurturers of yours. Uh, for as long as you can remember. And then you you really start to develop your self-esteem by uh, having a a prayer life, uh, uh, daily devotion, devotional readings, stuff that will help to build your inward person so that you lack nothing. Uh, uh that that if you if you feeling less than, then you'll be a candidate to get picked off when you're under pressure. But if you have built yourself up and and you are clear on who you are, and you are able because of the strength of your character and the undergirding of God's love, you're able to stand on your own. Uh, then then it will be hard for uh, those outside of you to penetrate uh, that uh, that wall that you've built up uh, for your own good. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. I know um, just speaking from personal experience, that's something that um, I found myself doing in college is building up that wall so when times do come and I feel lost, I know uh, where my help comes from and I know that I can stand on my own two feet in in times of turmoil and I know that I have um, friends and of course family who are always going to be ten toes down behind me so um, yeah everything you said makes perfect sense and I know that our our viewers are going to understand clearly what you said because you said it in such um, a clear clear cut way so um, thank you for sharing that with us Um, once again kind of diverting the conversation Um, I wanted to talk to you about the presidential election. So we know that people turned out in record numbers for this election, which was amazing. Um, As we move forward, what is your advice to ensure that 
we continue to stay involved in? Why do you feel that it's important for us um, as young people or just anybody in general to stay involved? That's a great question again. Boy, what a series of great questions, uh, Trinity. Um, so our, our, our government, the systems of our government uh, happens or change happens through the electoral process. And elections are important because they will determine who, who makes decisions for our lives. And I think that it's important for uh, persons to stay engaged uh, because our vote is our voice. And if the vote was not powerful, it would not meet as much voter suppression as it has even in the last election that we have just come from. And voter suppression has to do with when you saw long, like the turnout was great, uh, but when you saw long lines, uh, the long lines was due because they didn't have adequate uh, voting booths. Uh, and you saw where they were changing voting places. Um, and so voter suppression has always been a part of how uh, the, the, the process has worked, especially against black people. And, and so be, because the, the voters' right was signed in 1965, however, in 2013, uh, the the courts overruled it, which means that black people, people of color, really have to fight extra hard to make sure that they become a part of the electoral process or the democratic process. And so, the 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 way the way that we will have the world that we are looking for or the America that we're looking for, Trinity is that uh, young people have got to stay engaged in uh, the electoral process. That uh, I applaud all of the young people this past summer uh, doing the uh, George Floyd incident and all of the other unfortunate incidents that have happened against black people, that uh, young black people found themselves marching in the streets all over the country and they were joined by other ethnicities, and I'm, it was just something to witness. And you know, that's a good place to start. It's a terrible place to stop. And so we want to start there, but we also want to move to have our voices heard by being a part of the, the electoral. So uh, in that vein, in that instance, I want to encourage everybody that for every election that come, not just the presidential election, but but for every election that involves the communities in which we live, find your way to the poll because your vote matters. <laughs> yes, sir, Pastor Clark. I know um, my mother and grandmother, they definitely instilled in me that 
voting is important from an early age. I would go to the, the um, voting polls with my grandmother and my mother when I was five, six years old. So I always valued um, voting and I'm glad you're just sharing all your knowledge and insight um, as it relates to voting because it's something important and some people, I know some people have talked to me and said, I'm not gonna vote because it's not important. And luckily I was able to kind of talk to them and steer them towards voting. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an opportunity for people to use their voice. So I'm glad you, you really touched on that and um, highlighted that. So thank you again. Um, one, more, one more thing I kind of want to talk to you about is um, your life experience. So we've kind of gone through um, how you've gotten to this point of being the pastor and the founder of Shalom. Um, how your calling started at age 16, how you've just grown and um, you've prospered. And now we're here today, 2020. We're sitting here doing the Z Connection podcast. What would you tell your 18-year-old self if you were entering college or even just yourself in college? What would you tell yourself um, knowing where you are today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't, I don't know. I don't know if my 18 year old self would have ears to hear uh, uh, as, <laughs> a, as I look back. But what I, what I would hope to say in, in looking back is perhaps nothing. I, that, that my, I, I would hope that my presence and, and my demonstration of love and support uh, would would be the catalyst that's needed for the 18 year old to to know based upon actions how valued uh, they are, and so it's it's a matter of of not saying so much because I, I don't know if if there had been enough groundbreaking in maturity for for an 18 year old on. I use myself. I don't know if I had matured to the place and point where I would have been receptive to any kind of uh, 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 instructions that would have, in my opinion at that time, got in the way of, of my trying to make my own way or uh, to become independent of thought. And, and so uh, I would... I would simply, from where I am now, just offer my support in any kind of way, and then hopefully uh, know that if if I'm needed, then that that 18 year old can uh, know that they are free to call and ask me uh, whatever they want to, and then allow uh, my my experience and my wisdom to be a blessing to them. Absolutely, yes, I I love that. I just love hearing you talk. You just have so much wisdom and knowledge to share. I love oh, it. Oh, girl, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there. I feel like there's so much we can talk about, but I know there's later podcasts that are going to touch on some, some really groundbreaking things, and I'm just excited that we have you to to, like I said, share your knowledge and share your wisdom and insight and share your experiences um, to help all of your listeners, whether that be Gen Z or people that are not a part of Gen Z. Um, so once again, just thank you. And um, before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, 
why should Gen Z or millennials uh, feel compelled to listen to you? Why? Sh now, now that might be the best question yet. Uh, why should the Gen Zers feel compelled to listen to me? I, I, I don't. I. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Perhaps once upon a time, it, uh, according to how things, how the map was drawn up, that you always uh, uh, listen to your elders or, or that kind of thing. It's interesting to me that with technology, I wasn't born into it. I'm having to learn it as I go, and and it's and it's changing just like every day. And so I'm always having to be in conversation with those who were born in it. And so it's not so much now uh, they're being compelled to listen to me in as much as I've discovered that the conversation is shared because uh, people of my generation, if they're wise, will seek to be in conversation with those who are uh, Generation Zers uh, for help in matters that deal with the technology, and then those who are part of the Generation Zers will run into life situation and circumstances that technology can't help them on and so they then will have to, if they're smart, uh, come to people like myself and your mom and grandmother that you've been talking about uh, throughout our time together. And so it's a shared process. It's not one way. It is, it is we need each other. And so I find that to be just a, a wonderful place uh, at this stage of my life that as I hope I am being valued, I can show uh, so much love and value to those that will be uh, holding up the banner uh, uh, when I'm, uh, hate to say this, off the scene. Uh, but but that's, that's, how, that's how I interpret that. It's not, it's not so much that you have to listen to me in as much as that I think uh, for the betterment of the whole, we listen to each other. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You got to want to be educated. And um, if you want to be educated, you'll listen. So, um, yeah, I definitely I definitely take advice from my mom and grandma. <laughs> um, and I, I love it. It has definitely helped me and propelled me to be the young lady that I am today. And I am I'm extremely grateful um, for them and especially for you. Um, so that wraps up the the podcast for today. I just want to say Thank you for sharing all your wisdom, all your knowledge, all your powerful insight um, with the next generation, Gen Z, and all those who might not be a part of Gen Z. Um, so just thank you once again, and I hope you stay safe and healthy and have a blessed rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you, Trinity. It's been fun. <laughs> it's been fun. No problem. Okay. It was. Okay. <laughs> So that wraps up our podcast for today. Don't forget to check out our Twitter, the Z Connection podcast, and use the hashtag, hashtag the Z Connection. And to continue the conversation of this episode, give feedback and ask any questions for upcoming episodes. 
You never know, your question may be featured in one of the upcoming episodes. Make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag the Z Connection, and check out the Shalom Church Next Generation Choir CD in stores wherever you buy your music, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and more. Thanks for watching and bye.